it's Warhorse and Warhorse's pal Boner. And we're here to tell you that you're listening to the uh, Rough House podcast with Marty and Kristoff. You know, Marty the Mangler and uh, Kristoff the uh, Jack. Uh, no, I don't want to say that. But I'm glad you're here. Glad you're ready to listen to this shit. Clean out your ears. Shut your mouth. Open your eyes. Because it's time for that good, sweet podcast. Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task, complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 276 for May the 15th, 2022. I am Marty. And I'm Kristoff, and may the 15th be with you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome uh, to your uh, seventh favorite pro wrestling podcast. Uh, <laughs> That's being generous, pal. Come on. Hey, we're, we're, I mean, I highly doubt we're in single digits uh, for, for, you know, I'm not even, we're not even my in my top 10 of wrestling podcasts. <laughs> and I'm on the damn thing. Uh, see, I, I hate most wrestling podcasts, so, <laughs> so. I don't I, I don't listen to wrestling podcasts anymore. Yeah, the only one I listen to is, uh, well, I used to re- listen to virtual pros, but they uh, got out of it. Um, oh, did they? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they still post on Twitter and stuff, but they okay. were like, we don't like watching WWE anymore, and New Japan's been cold as fuck, so maybe we'll come back eventually, but we're just going to drop off, which, I mean, game respect game on that one. And then the other side of it is Observer, which is mostly enjoyable because Brian Alvarez uh, overreacts to everything, and Dave Meltzer may be a uh, paper-shuffling robot. So, um, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I genuinely enjoy Observer for all of the wrong reasons. <laughs> right, right. Not the content. It's it's how it's delivered you know, to you. The, the, the content, I mean, the content shows up on Reddit before I've even had a, a chance to listen to it. It's fair. It's uh, fair. But, um Anyway, this, of course, is a pro wrestling podcast and uh, a lot of stuff uh, going on this week. So much so uh, we're, we're not just going to like try to bounce from company to company. Uh, instead, I, I think we've actually got to talk about some big stories this week, all of okay. which have to do with contracts. Probably the biggest story uh, that that uh, we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out over the course of the summer uh, has to do with the current WWE champion, Mr. Roman Reigns. Uh, I the other know. Samoan Joe. Yes, the other the other Joe who is Samoan. Chris, I don't know if you saw all of the stories this week, uh, but it was last Saturday. We, we recorded on an off day, so we didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to talk about this as it happened. But last Saturday night, uh, they did a house show before the WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view. And Roman, while sending everybody home, which is weird because he's a uh, heel. Heel, yeah. He had the job of sending everybody home. He uh, he took a moment to say to the fans, you know, uh, it was in Trenton, New Jersey, by the way, which fantastic city. For being the capital of New Jersey? <laughs> I guess. Uh, but he took a moment to say, you know, I- I'm not really going to get to see you guys for a while. 
which okay. was a weird thing to say. And then uh, they went to the pay-per-view. Uh, actually a half-decent show because it was mostly just matches. There was, okay. there was little to no angle buildup. Uh, main event was the six-man tag with RK mm-hmm. Bro and Drew McIntyre against the bloodline of Roman and the Usos, which was actually a great match. I, I will tell you, dear listeners, if you want to watch a really fun WWE-style six-man tag, this is the one to watch. But Roman beats Drew clean. Okay, which, all right. Did he have a a prolonged role in said match, or was he just in for the finish? Uh, mostly in for the finish. Okay. Uh, right. But word has come out subsequently that uh, the, the term that's being used, he's in a new phase of his career. So Reigns has signed a brand new deal. He has less dates, less house shows. And uh, as the stories came out this week, uh, he is not being advertised for WWE TV. He's not being advertised for live events this summer. He's not working the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. And it sounds like he's going to be working as many as six to eight pay-per-views for the rest of the year. Well, for the rest of the year, there's only six or seven pay-per-views left, right? Uh, I mean... Let you me mean calendar here. year or the calendar year start over calendar as, year. yeah, I mean, yeah. So you know. it, it sounds like he's going to be on money in the bank. Okay. It sounds like he's going to be on SummerSlam. It sounds like he's going to do a Saudi show and then not do anything until rumble. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So did that, does that mean he's going to drop the title at one of those pay-per-views? You would think. And if you would well, titles, doesn't he have both? Still? Yes, he does have both right now. He has the okay. WWE All championship right. and the universal championship. Mm-hmm. And again, you would think, Oh, okay. He's he's gonna go ahead and and you know uh, do something of import like pass the torch to Drew and and that sort of thing. I I don't know if that's gonna happen. I, now I think about another one of the shows he's doing is a big UK show in Cardiff, which mm-hmm. will take place over uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, which Drew is on the poster of. So maybe Drew gets the nod there. Okay, but we have had for Jesus. Six years now, easy. If if it's six, it might be eight because of the time of COVID. Mm-hmm. We've had a full focus on Roman Reigns as the guy. Yeah. Everyone lost to Roman. Yeah. Brock got brought back multiple times to be built up as a heel and as a face. Right. To lose to Roman. Yeah. And now he's just going part time. He's, I mean, he's taking the Brock route. Yeah. Yeah. He's taking the Brock route. He's taking uh, the, the old Hogan route. He is. Yeah. Well, I don't he, like to give that guy any credit for anything, but. Fair. Fair. But, you know, he. when you look at who had part-time schedules, he was the first one that he, that right. at least comes to mind. Because I know in the 90s, he was in and out because he was doing movies and, and, and things like that. But it's it's very weird because I have no idea who is the next guy up. Well, they have. Well, that's part of the problem, as you just yeah. mentioned. For the past six to eight years, it's been nothing but Roman Reigns. So they haven't, you know, they they did a Drew McIntyre experiment, but while Roman Reigns was out with uh, battling his uh, his leukemia, uh, but that was also in the era of COVID, so we never got a, a, a fair shake at it. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, Rollins is always there um, as as a guy that could be plugged into the main event picture. 
you know, um, I'm trying to think of who else is is still, you know, Orton, if they do implode, RK Bro is always, you know, a guy you can plug in there, but certainly not for the future. Um, and I don't know that they would implode RK Bro at this point because remarkably, they are a main event level duo as a tag team, which yeah. feels antithetical to everything we know about WWE. Right. And this is probably the happiest Randy Orton has been maybe ever in his WWE run. Like, well, didn't, didn't they also lax their uh, their rules on the marijuana smoking? I mean, there, so. There's that. There's that. And, and maybe that's <laughs> there's how a correlation. He, there's a direct correlation yeah. there, I think. Maybe that's how he and Matt became buds. Right. Uh, pardon buds. the pun. Yeah. Uh, right. But uh, you just look at that and you go, do you want to fuck up a good thing with a with your most tenured person on TV right now? Well, it is WWE, so sure. Yeah, fair. Sure they would. <laughs> uh, you know, you have a Cody there, obviously. It yeah, was it made and- it very well known that he wants to win the world championship in WWE, but they are gonna- putting him on all the posters. Like when they released sure. a new poster for Hell in the Cell front and so- center instead of Roman, it was Cody. Why not? Sure. I mean, you know, the buzz is still there. But if you're going to pay that off, I feel like you wait a while and make them really, you know, put it put in the work, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> to 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 earn it and not just show up. And three months later, he's the champ. I mean, I feel like that's kind of diminishing the possibilities there. But again, it's WWE and yeah, creative yeah. isn't really their high point here. Right. Right. Um, so, so who knows if if that's going to be the, the, the route that they go in. But it, it's funny you say take their time. Because one of the things that was very strange about uh, uh, the Backlash pay-per-view, outside of the fact that the only title that was defended on it was the SmackDown women's title, which is now once again – actually, I think it's her first time holding it. But uh, once again, uh, uh, Ronda Rousey is a women's champion. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't she, she like, mangle uh, Charlotte's arm in that or something? Yes. Yeah, Storyline-wise, she Story uh, shattered her arm so Charlotte can go get married again. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I can't follow the on-again, off-again travels and, and drama of Charlotte and Andrade. <laughs> I mean, God. Uh, but but what I'm getting at is the, the, the bit that's interesting is, uh, you know, Cody got is getting pushed as this big guy and – in doing so, they had a big promo for Money in the Bank, mm-hmm. a promo that aired on Sunday and then was aired again on Monday or Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday on Raw and NXT, where Cody said that the winner of Money in the Bank gets to go to WrestleMania. What? Yes. That's not Money in the Bank, then. The whole concept of Money in the Bank is being able to cash, cash it in whenever in you like. Time. And I'm wondering if maybe the idea is, well, Cody, if he wins it, he wants to – because, you know, uh, I think it's a year between that you have to cash yeah, in. Well, yeah, typically. Maybe he wants to sit there and say, well, I'm going to go for the world title at the biggest – show in in the game you know uh the the grandest stage of them all yeah the showcase of the immortals exactly the most, i uh, want to be stupendous show in sports <laughs> entertainment history i want to be at wrestlemania maybe that's the idea but they very clearly were saying in this promo that it is for a shot at wrestlemania which also takes away half the fun of the post 
Royal Rumble to do of, you know, what title are they going to challenge for, blah, 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 blah. Right. And if the, if the titles are legitimately unified, then there's only one opportunity here. And then also, what the fuck is the Rumble for at that point? Right. Jesus Christ. What a fucking mess this company is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very weird and very strange because I don't, I don't see where they go. I understand, and I think appropriately so. It makes sense for Roman to take time away. The old Schlegel atism, uh, uh, you know, that they can't miss you if you can't, can't go miss away. You if you don't go away, if they they take this moment and have Roman disappear for a bit, he will stay over because people won't get a chance to get tired of his act. Even mm-hmm. though it's pretty much been the same for the past two years, but that's neither here nor there. Um. But I, I don't see who's there. Maybe they don't even need to worry about it. I mean, they've done all of this work, positive or negative. They've done all this work to make the brand bigger than any star in the company and also devalue every single title. Maybe you don't need the guy and maybe yeah. you don't need the champ. Maybe you just do another show somewhere and that's how it works because it says WWE on the marquee, which depressing, but incredibly true yeah i mean you know like you said for better or worse that has been what they've done uh i think that's for worse but you know there aren't many things that i have an old school mindset for but the titles being important and meaning something certainly one of those things i kind of cling on to agree um it should be something that everybody is striving to achieve and, and and all that sort of thing but yeah has there been any word as to you know a reason is he is he doing movies is he just want time off is he just flexing that i can do this so i'm gonna do this is it uh you know is he beaten up is he tired is he you know is he going to uh you know take a fucking trip to mars on uh you know musk's <laughs> rocket or some shit what the fuck is he gonna do nothing has been clarified in terms of the why here the only thing that anyone has said and it was in unrelated discussions to this, like this was months ago is Nick Khan said he was going to uh, put forth some effort to give Roman a leg up in Hollywood. Okay. So, so presumably we will see Roman do some movies. Okay. But that now, isn't necessarily why he's taking this sabbatical of sorts. Okay. All right. So that lends some credence to a rumor I found on Reddit. Uh, I'm not sure if it's it's true or not, but um, it would make sense with everything that we've just discussed over the past couple minutes is that, um, you know, Paramount is thinking of um, reviving uh, Thunder in Paradise. So that would uh, certainly <laughs> certainly seems like Roman Reigns is prime for that, uh, that sort of thing. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be on uh, Samoa instead of wherever the fuck it was when hogan did it florida i I think yeah sure yeah tampa (laughs) yeah this is so exciting tampa dude yeah that's where it is brother uh so yeah yeah yeah. a a roman reigns led thunder it was called thunder in paradise right yep thunder yeah yeah yeah. thunder in paradise set in set in samoa (laughs) uh so so there you go you know you can have the the usos as his lead detectives or whatever i don't remember the plot of the fucking (laughs) show keystone cop Usos. and then you know for uh for weirdly enough the one crime dwayne Weirdly enough, the one crime that they never arrest people for is DUIs. I don't know why. <laughs> super, super lenient on that. Yeah, I don't I don't that. know what that's all about. But there's some kind of they do a tie in with Young Rock and, you know, they <laughs> Which just got picked up. 
shockingly so for a third season yeah it got it got a third season of NBC all the shows was, that have been getting canceled that nbc's gets... letting heads roll this season they they canceled mr mayor they canceled keenan they're keeping young rock that's, wow so that's so Dwayne gets a pass but ted danson gets the boot yeah exactly okay all right so yeah thanks for all your service here ted <laughs> cheers the good place everything in between yeah becker that was CBS, though. That I was think, CBS, right? yeah. And then De- Board, to T- Board to Death was uh, was HBO, yep. but uh, Hobo. Mm-hmm. yeah, dude, dude's had dude put his time in. Um, but yeah, I think the, the Young Rock crossover with the Roman Reigns led Thunder in Paradise, man, that's going to be. I mean, <laughs> new ratings records set, and especially in the era of the streaming wars, I think is really you know it's a good it's a good call by Roman. So you know what, having put all that out there, take your time off, bud. You know, get this uh, get this new show uh, off the air. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a good time. Well, with the idea of Cody possibly being anointed as the next big guy, it's time to talk about another bit of contract information that came out this week. I'm better than you, and you know it. Fightful.com reporting on Thursday afternoon that MJF is looking to leave AEW at the end of his deal in 2024. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is what I will say uh-huh. in that story. I think it's bullshit because who the fuck has already decided two years out where you're going? Uh, oh, no, I, I can almost guarantee you this was uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman jumping in SRS's DMs being yes. like, hey. You know, I haven't heard anything from WWE in a while. I'm trying to get that number up. Uh, can you post a story about this shit? The, the, uh, this dude is, is a working, guy, working yeah. the gimmick to get himself some fucking money. And kudos to you, pal. Yeah, th- this is a guy who here's a guy who guy. has watched countless stars in the yeah. NBA and NFL and what have you play ESPN. Yeah. And get uh, bigger look at Brock. contracts. Brock and, did it. Yeah. And it's a smart thing, and I think that's what's happening here. But let's talk about the possibility okay. of, in 2024, MJF leaves AEW. Now, I don't think in 2024 it's as already a black or white decision. I think in 2024, you have to look at the landscape. Sure. Does WWE get the deal increase they're expecting? On right. the other side, does AEW get the deal increase they're expecting and or people have speculated they will receive one which will undoubtedly make it so an MJF who at that point will be what 27 something like that yeah sure he's a youngin he will be in the prime of his career will he probably will... already have been AEW champion at some point exactly and he will have been a featured high level talent on one of the most highly rated shows on cable period so you're talking about the TNT after show with a uh, post show with uh, Shaq and Charles Barkley. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, uh, it's got Shaq explaining how exactly <laughs> MJF. You put you put 20 bucks in the gas tank <laughs> instead of filling it up for 80. Yeah. Yeah. Fill it up do halfway. It. Yeah. <laughs> Good pull. Uh, uh, but uh, I, 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 if I'm MJF, even if my heart is. I'm going to go hang out with my buddy Cody in two years. You think they're BTS friends? Uh, I they know, shoot friends? I know Cody's a guy who brought him in. Legit. Okay, and That doesn't mean that they're like, you know, palling around. Fair. They just seem very... I don't know, they feel different. Like, different 
I don't know how they would mesh off screen. And I don't know what Max yeah. is like off screen, but well, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a fit for friendship. To the, me. the only reason why I could see it is both of those guys never know when to stop working. True. True. I mean, and, and this may be the tell of all of it a few weeks ago, uh, on, uh, an episode of wrestling observer radio, um, it was just a, an offhand thing. Oh, it, it's when there was a, the apparent blow up about MJF doing the interview with Ariel Helwani without getting it approved by AEW. Okay. He uh, Meltzer had said that um, the reason why MJF had never been on Wrestling Observer Radio like other AEW talents have, you know, to do promo for an upcoming pay-per-view or just talk about the Observer Awards or anything like that is – MJF has made it clear to Meltzer that anytime he's on anything, he's working. Sure. And and you couldn't have MJF talking with Dave Meltzer without MJF completely burying Dave Meltzer and everything he does. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, also, maybe he's completely working Sean Rassop in, in all of this. But sure. that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. Um, but I, I could see him going, you know, look at, at potentially in two years. Look at what they have or have not done to Cody. Exactly. I was just going to make that point. Has Cody reached the top of the mountain as he's claimed to do? How do they, you know, it's only been a couple months post WrestleMania yeah. and his return. How does, yeah. when does it fizzle out? Does it fizzle out? Does he right. become the top guy? Does he become the top merch seller? Does he get a tattoo on the other side of his neck? Uh, <laughs> all these questions have, have yet to be answered about Cody, you know, returning to WWE. And th- think about it. 2022. I mean, you know, his head may be, you know, uh, cybernetically frozen Richard Nixon Futurama style, but Vince McMahon might not be around in 2022. You mean 2024? 2024. Yes, exactly. Uh, Sorry. Uh, But yeah, the whole everything about WWE could have changed by that time. 100%. That's exactly where I was going to go, because Vince McMahon is 77 years old. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's a genetic freak. But he will be 79 going on 80. Yeah. When MJF's contract is up. Yeah. The average lifespan is what? 82? I mean. Not talking about a gentleman who has done an intense amount of steroids and possibly cocaine. Yeah, but he's also a billionaire. So (laughs) fair or or close to if not, you know, I'm not sure the recent Forbes list of where he lands. But, uh, you know, with all these lucrative TV deals coming in and stock buybacks and all the I I do believe he's a legit billionaire. All the other stupid shit that rich old white people do to keep themselves in power. You know, I'm pretty sure he's he's got some uh, some some backdoor resources uh, to (laughs) to, you know, you know, kind of like a uh, um, comic book Bane Venom sort of situation. Yeah, I feel like he's got a backpack under his suit that is like injecting him with stem cells uh continuously to keep his body functioning at, at some sort of level here yeah I, I i don't know where that will land you know in terms of the landscape of wwe leadership because let's say vince is ready to walk away in the next two years I don't think I, it, it's going to happen. I don't I think, think he'll ever walk away. I think, I think he's going to die. Yeah, he's, he's going to die, die on the private private yeah. jet, <laughs> and that's when things will happen. But who, who the fuck is there to run the business? It's Nick Khan. It's got to be Nick Khan. Nick Khan can run the financial side of the business. Can he run the creative side of the business? He's going to fucking try. I can guarantee <laughs> <see> that. <laughs> because I'm just sitting there going, like, is it Hunter again? Like, is he the next best thing they have? Is it? 
Oh, man. Shawn the stress, Michaels? The stress of that job oh, yeah. on somebody with a heart like uh, like 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 Triple, Triple H, H at this point, yeah. probably not the wisest of choices. I mean, Stephanie certainly seems like a uh, a successor. She's, you know, she she can schmoz with the PR side of things. She's, yeah. you know, been in the business for uh, her entire life. Right. Uh, you know, the dark side of the business, allegedly, for even <laughs> just as long. <laughs> um, you know, th- th- there are... Uh, oh man, I can't wait for the succession style, you know, dramatization of this whole situation. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, uh, it'll put young rock to shame for sure. But, uh, yeah, th- there are, there are people there, you know, uh, and again, it's two years away. My question is when Vince McMahon dies, does he have his body stuffed and put in the <laughs> lobby of Titan tower? Does he get cremated? Does he get buried? What what do you think the um uh you know the planning the estate not the estate planning because the money is whatever but yeah. what happens to his body uh the uh, advanced directives and things of that nature you know d- does he he definitely did not sign a DNR I can tell you that because right. that man is gonna cling on to every every Absolutely. ounce of life he has yeah. he he I, he will have the best second life money can buy sure yeah uh, I think he gets cremated and his ashes get mixed in with another one of those always fantastic WWE legacy bronze statues that they've done horrible interpretations of the Ultimate Warrior, Dusty Rhodes, and Andre the Giant of. Okay. All right. Do they do some kind of like plaque with a photo of your photo, the photo of your choosing of Vince McMahon or Mr. McMahon or whichever era of McMahon you want. And then there's a little pouch of, um, of powder dust of his remains <laughs> that you can hang up on your wall. So buy praise. that at a, at a WWE shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. 500 bucks. Bigger question. If they do something like that, like a, a Vince McMahon statue that they have at yeah. uh, Stanford, how soon does Triple H post a photo of him pointing at it? <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel like they 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 might mix it in with the uh, the pewter or whatever uh, material they use. Well, it's Vince, so it'll be solid yeah. gold. It'll it'll be like Homer made of solid gold yeah. with jewels and everything. Uh, <laughs> Look closer, closer Lenny. Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, now to talk about. Uh, a little bit further on all this MJF business. One thing to keep a close eye on if you are all the type to pay attention to the industry side of these things is Wednesday is Warner Brother Discovery's Upfronts event. Upfronts uh-huh. is where they talk about the upcoming year in television. They showcase new shows. More importantly, they get advertisers' interest in programs. Right. This is, of course, where Dynamite was originally announced. The understanding is because it is one of the top properties on cable full stop. I think it's probably the third biggest property on cable right behind Raw and 90 Day Fiance that (laughs) AEW is going to be a key element of this. I would fucking hope. Based on what we also know, there's going to be another AEW show announced this behind the scenes roads to the top replacement. Mm hmm. It will be interesting to see how much more comes out of that in terms of the messaging from Warner Brothers Discovery about AEW, about their importance to the brand. We're going to see yeah. similar for me uh, from uh, WWE this week as the NBC Universal yeah, ones, NBC Universal and Fox will both have WWE contingents on okay. theirs. Smart. Yeah. But uh, 
I, I think how this is played publicly right. by who Warner sh- Brothers Discovery is going to be very key. Right. And and specifically who shows up, because sure. if they bring obviously Tony Khan will be there. Yes. Um, you know, but do they bring, uh, you know, do they bring MJF? Do they bring Paige the champion? Do they bring a CM Punk who has uh, some kind of name recognition? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, a Chris Jericho. Maybe. A Danielson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, Jericho is probably likely Cody was. And for as much as we motherfucked the dude on this show, Cody was the perfect person the public for face, yeah. being that public facing star, being that sure. guy who who can schmooze with the press. Right. I don't know who's really there yet. Punk's probably the closest Jericho right alongside him. But who of the next generation is going to be in that spot? It's not an MJF. No, he has no name recognition in the mainstream. And also, he will motherfuck everyone. Yeah, no, that's uh, true. Yeah, that yeah. It, it, is it perhaps a Britt Baker? Or is this where we get to see a, a Kenny Omega uh, come back if just for the PR side of things? Because he's yeah. very articulate when he talks about pro wrestling. It, it's not what you expect from, you know, uh, generations of Ric Flair's, Hogan's, Randy Savage's, and so on talking about wrestling to you know entertainment tonight or whoever omega is a different type of guy maybe he's the type of person who who gets that type of uh uh, spotlight i'll tell you the person to bring it's ricky fucking starks oh Oh, 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 oh. i like that a lot you've got you've got a young person of color who can speak has a title looks the part looks great dresses flashy yeah He's he's the guy you bring. Yeah, the, the, that's a guy who who you could put in a fucking Hugo Boss ad tomorrow. Oh, a hundred percent, and would look the part. Yeah, so yeah. you know he's what? a guy. I, I think uh, from the initial upfronts when they announced Dynamite, maybe I think Jungle Boy, or at yeah, least Jungle, Jungle Boy, Boy was a part of one of those things. Absolutely, he's, because of the the, the Perry the Perry name, yeah. and he's a handsome young guy. Yeah, uh, but you know, and hopefully Tony realizes that whomever he brings, it should be a diverse. Uh, panel. You know what? Swerve uh, might be another guy. Swerve too. would be knowing great. that the network apparently loves him. Britt and Nyla, maybe Thunder Rosa. I think you have to have some Ooh, kind of good call uh, on Rosa. You know, Penta and Phoenix are you know not. I think Phoenix is a little better at English than Penta is. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like you should have somebody in a mask there to yeah. try and you know. I hope it's a well-rounded um, crew you know, crew to to yeah. really show you know what everything you know what 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 is possible with this program and these programs yeah. um you know what what are you where are you, you I, i'm just gonna say so long as they don't have tony khan talking on the microphone you know no i'm really happy we're all here and uh, i'm really proud of what we've done with the turner family and um like anything but that anything but that. i mean he's gonna say a couple words but oh undoubtedly but yeah I feel like I feel like, like, you know, Cole fucking Adam Cole. Yeah. We we talked just a few weeks ago about how how uh, well he was, how well received he was as the guy giving the AEW New Japan announcement. He did. He did. But he's so I mean, and he's just a (laughs) he's a little guy. He's a vanilla midget. I mean, (laughs) and I like Adam Cole and he does a really good job. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, if you're pushing a pro wrestling product. Fair. I don't think Adam Cole at this point is the guy to to put I mean, front and center. He and Britt were just on Bar Rescue last weekend. Yeah, 
Yeah, so. that's. I can't believe that show's still on the fucking air. By the way. Yeah, I know. You would think by this point, John Taffer's heart would have exploded. In the right? How is he not game. like force himself an aneurysm in his brain <laughs> from from yelling this much? I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, I feel like Gordon Ramsay plays both sides a little bit better of being calm and then only ramping it up when he needs to. Taffer is a a stress heart attack. uh, Yeah. At any moment. I also saw a photo of like Gordon Ramsay, like ripped uh, on Twitter a day or two ago. I was like, is this recent and real? Uh, Like, is he like, you know, has he gone the, uh, the, the chef Robert Irvine, um, (laughs) uh, Mr. Gail Kim uh, route and just, you know, or as I like to say, it, uh, is, is he pulling the Trent Reznor where suddenly he just turned into Henry, Henry Rollins and no one noticed? <laughs> I mean, you know, Henry Rollins is kind of the blueprint that every, you know, aging white male should att- should, <laughs> you know what? should strive to be. Fucking right. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie. <laughs> well, uh, Chris, if we hadn't discussed enough about contracts, here's another one that got weird this week. Oh, uh, no. You're leaving the show? Not I feel like I should know this song. It's familiar. That's a New Japan theme. Kota Abushi this uh, week. Yeah, that's it. Um, I, I'm gonna Christ. I, I'm gonna try my best to navigate this because uh, the the Kota Abushi story this week has been a difficult one to follow. Not just because of the breadthiness of it of discussion, but <laughs> also. Um, a lot of people are relying on uh, mechanical translations of Japanese. Uh-huh. Right. So the versions of the stories that hit first are not entirely clear. And then people run with it. And then it, it later it gets clarified by someone who understands Japanese better. Mm-hmm. Plus, let us acknowledge that the source for all of this conversation is a 40-year-old man who moonsaults off the ba- balconies fires fireworks out of his hands, mm-hmm. hates his books yeah. because they form pictures in his mind, failed to enter three different pro wrestling schools because he sent his applications in without stamps, <laughs> and more importantly, believes he lives a 25-hour day by going to sleep an hour later each day. That being said, Kota Ibushi had some very, very strong <laughs> accusations about the behind-the-scenes machinations of New Japan Pro Wrestling this week, up to and including making it very clear publicly he would be fine with being let go by New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I mean, that even that alone is, you know, a bombshell, yes. uh, let alone all the craziness that he's alleging uh, occurs behind the scenes, you know, in the in the New Japan headquarters. Yeah, he he made some uh, very vague accusations of abuse and mistreatment of talent. Um, he made mention of the many stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, who have cheated on their spouses. Uh, Didn't he call out Takamichinoku and Taichi though? He did, which is weird because the, one of the shows that he showed up at that he got yelled at for was a Taka produced show. So huh. I don't know what what that's about. Well, doesn't uh, Taka have some uh, some allegations uh, that have been brought have forth against him? Yeah. She has some allegations. Hanma has uh, some allegations. Oh, Hanma? Really? Yeah. And if you go far enough back, Tanahashi stardom was kicked off by him being stabbed by an ex-girlfriend 
who did not uh, appreciate how he broke up with her. This is a true story. What? This goes all the way back to 2002 when he was just coming out of being a young lion. He was dating a TV Asai uh, uh, news reporter. reporter. Okay. And he broke up with her because he wanted to see someone else. And she stabbed him. Yo, Japan is wild, man. I need to go to Japan. <laughs> yeah. He got stabbed in the back multiple times. In, literally stabbed in the back. Literally stabbed in the back multiple Fuck your times. kidneys, bitch. Cha, 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 cha. And it was upon his return that he started getting pushed as a star in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Wow. So do you think maybe it was uh it was a sh- it was a it was a work? I don't think it was a work, but I'm just saying everybody's got skeletons in their closet in New Japan, up to including the ace of all aces, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Wow. Wow. Has has there been any, I don't want to hear anything about Okada, man. That would just uh... I haven't heard anything about Okada and uh the the key thing I think you need to know about Okada is he married a voice actress from one of his favorite anime. So bless his heart. Yes. I feel like Okada is kind of, uh, the, the yin to Ibushi's yang Yes, in that he's kind of like that himbo sort of blank stare sort of guy. Yeah. But it's a little more there. Yeah. There's a, there's a story (laughs) that I always think of sometimes, uh, whenever he's interacting with, uh, with the Bucks uh, about how one time the Bucks were working a match and they came back from backstage and found uh, uh, Okada just wearing his gear. Yeah. And he didn't no, say their gear. He was wearing their he, gear. Yeah. He was wearing, he was yeah. wearing the Bucks gear. Yeah. And uh, he's just standing there staring at them. He didn't say anything, but he's just going, he, <laughs> 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 which kind of amazing. He's basically like a, a simple dude. If you've been a long enough new Japan watcher, Balloon Okada may have been the closest he's come to breaking kayfabe and just being real Okada. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember the balloon era. That was that was after he lost the title to Omega, right? After the it, crazy it, it long was. reign. Yeah, it was. But yeah. let, let, let's talk about the the Ibushi to do. So he was sharing text messages from someone named Kikuchi. Uh, Kikuchi is apparently there, and again, gotta love the way that this got fucking hamstrung across the internet. Yeah. Kikuchi is apparently someone from talent relations. Okay. So basically you're, you're Jim Johnny Ross Ace. in the 90s. You're Johnny Ace today. You're Chris Daniels in AEW. Okay. That's who Kikuchi is. Kikuchi threatened to end Ibushi's contract with New Japan because Ibushi made a, an unannounced appearance at one of Taka's Just Tap Out shows. Okay. Also, Kikuchi has been uh, mad with Ibushi because – uh, Abushi A did not come back for Wrestle Kingdom when he was supposed to. B he was supposed to come back for the New Japan Cup, but he pulled himself out of it prior to the New Japan Cup, which he was supposed to win. Ooh, <laughs> uh, due to his doctor uh, indicating that his clear. shoulder was not ready. Now, if you believe everything Abushi's saying on Twitter, which again all of the grains of salt that I explained before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's saying basically he can lift about uh, a third of what he was able to lift because his shoulder is still fucked. Also, he does not want to get shoulder surgery because he's been through that and apparently did not like the process. So he's Nobody hurt fucking anyway. like surgery, bro. Yeah. The yeah. shit you doing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but um, Abushi has, uh, according to this week's Observer, Abushi has problems, significant problems with upper management and Gato's trying to smooth everything out, but it Neither side is settled. Abushi continues to 
randomly tweet things that people are probably reading too much into. Um, but he is indicating that he would not mind being released from New Japan. Honestly, I don't know what happens here. If he gets released from New Japan, yes, there are many companies he could go to, and I'm sure many would love to have him. All Japan, Noah, Dragon Gate. You could go back to, D- to DDT. AEW. Uh, he could go to AEW, but he doesn't want to work full-time in the U.S., which Can't blame him on that. Problem. Country's a shit heap. <laughs> I guess you could have a, a, a POC-esque <laughs> schedule, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. again, who knows, especially now that AEW is – you know, building this relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, would that yeah. be a problem if they took him on? Would perhaps New Japan be cool with leasing Abushi out while they pay for his deal still? You know, to, to have this guy who's still a star that's kind of under their purview? Like, I, I, I don't know what the direction will be. I just know, let's get him healthy first. And then we'll talk about where he can land. Yeah, get him physically healthy. Maybe get a psyche eval. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not saying that he's off his rocker. Uh, he's always been a little mm, flighty in, in in the brain area, this as is you've the explained. Man who didn't know who Vince McMahon was, and when he found him backstage, gave him a high five. This is true. This is true. Which <laughs> is still one of my favorite stories of all time. I feel like Ibushi is one of those guys. Who like has no possessions, lives in a hut in the woods, uh, and just kind of you know works out and meditates and eats books or whatever you said earlier. Just yeah. stupid. Just uh, the the definition of a himbo. It, it, it's a fair belief, but my understanding is he actually comes from significant money. Oh, so he doesn't. So he doesn't even need to do this. No, he doesn't. Um, he, he's also uh, based off of his photos on Instagram. He's also. Um, quite the and i'm going to use a, a term the kids use he's quite the hype beast a lot of supreme in that uh dresser drawer for one kota abushi that okay that, that man spends far too much money on t-shirts and pants okay i mean you know he's he's a handsome fellow as as we you know as our intro exclaims there's a uh, much thirst about mr ibushi as yeah. uh, as the show goes on but um yeah i it's kind of a it I don't even know what to make of this. <laughs> yeah. If, you know, if this it, is a work, it helps no one. I'll say that. Yeah. Who who benefits from this? I mean, is he this some kind of contract angling bullshit? It doesn't seem like it would be. No. Because it doesn't seem like he wants to work in New Japan at the moment. Um so so yeah, this is uh it, it it's odd and um I don't I don't know, man. It's the the thing that struck me as as kind of crazy is he mentioned uh the yakuza in one of his yes one of his tweets um yeah. which you know sure as as you pointed out to me that there's been allegations of them being involved in the pro wrestling business in Japan for for decades absolutely uh, however i i can't imagine it's something that they want uh, to be mentioned in on Twitter. <laughs> no, no, no. And every time that uh, a Yakuza connection has been confirmed, that has made the companies go down in flames. Uh, FMW, for example, Pride was mm-hmm. huge in MMA and in Japan in particular. And once it came out that, oh, it's funded by the Yakuza, everything, you know, mm-hmm. went tits up there. It's not a term you would toss around. Yeah. You know, willy nilly, William Nilliam, because I don't know him that well. Uh, it's not, it's not just something you would toss out there without recognizing. Yeah. At least for the average person, not something you would toss out there to uh, uh, 
just shock the world. Right. You'd want to say it when you know something. And um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he does. Entirely possible. I mean, uh, the that's what they always say those sponsor dinners are. So, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you know, you get some good uh, teriyaki out of it. I don't know. Um, I will say the good thing that has come out of this is um, some good memeage, especially yes. with the Simpsons Ibushi crossover uh, <laughs> sort of memes, which is right dead center of our Venn diagram. 100%. So, we, we could not uh, enjoy that I have enjoyed those. Uh, <laughs> very, very much so. Yeah. So that's well, uh, at least a positive that has come out of this. But I hope uh, I hope everything's okay with uh, with Ibushi-san. Um, same, same. And uh, it continues to be okay. And he doesn't, you know, uh, fall off the uh, edge of a building suspiciously. At <laughs> right, right, yeah. He committed suicide by 45 gunshots. I don't know how that worked, <laughs> yeah. but he did. Um, he set up a Gatling gun on a remote and then just fired it at himself. <laughs> but you know what? If there's anyone who could figure out how to make that work – Probably Ibushi. He was, he was testing himself. He was trying to see if he could moonsault out of the way of a Gatling gun firing at him, and he just failed miserably. Uh, the, the, the note, oh, which will God. undoubtedly be found, would say as much. So, so there you go. Well, it, it's good to hear you end that positively, because uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up a story that will make you respond negatively. Oh, great. Woo! Oh, Jesus. What's this asshole done now? Ric Flair is training at 73 years young to return to the ring for the first time since 2011. What the fuck for, Richard? (laughs) The rumor, and it's not indicated where this will occur, is that Rick will be participating in a six-man tag teaming with FTR against the Rock and Roll Express as they continue their... uh, uh, farewell tour and an unnamed third person on that side of the ring. I don't know what company is booking this. Probably uh, a company similar to, let's say, Big Time Wrestling, who just booked <laughs> Some last mud night, show in Georgia. Uh, the Hardys against the new, new brood of Gangrel and Joey Janela. I shit you not, that was the main event of that show. Um, they called themselves the new, new brood? Yes. Yes. Was one of the news with an NU umlaut, like new metal? Sadly, no. It was Fuck. new comma. Come on. New. Brew. It was right there, guys. Yeah. I mean, the guy's dressed like fucking Hot Topic. I mean, uh, let's go. <clears throat> but, but my guess would be, you know, something like a big time wrestling, a Northeast wrestling, you know, who always booked those big, crazy super cards at baseball <sighs> stadiums and whatnot. Or hell, uh, maybe Dan McDevitt's just like, fuck it, let's... <laughs> <laughs> Let's blow out the budget. I mean, they're on fight tonight, so what the hell? Like, <laughs> I mean, there is no scenario where I want to see a 73-year-old Ric Flair in the ring. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I mock a fucking 46-year-old Jeff Hardy and probably 48-year-old Matt Hardy on a regular basis on Regularly, on the reg. And, and, and they're going to come back up before we wrap up the show. It's, I mean, Christ, it's... Oh, I can't even. I was. It's like the fucking Irishman, where you, know, <laughs> you, you have uh, De Niro. Uh, you know, sure his face is digitally de-aged, but he's throwing kicks like a fucking seventy-year-old man, which he fucking is, and has no business doing any role of that physicality. Yep. See Samuel L. Jackson uh, limp his way down a hallway in Captain Marvel, yep. uh, like a seventy-year-old man, like he is. Yeah. What the fuck? I just I. I mean, why why can't pro wrestlers just fucking stop 
and let their legacies be as they are. With each subsequent Ric Flair appearance in a music video or getting suplexed into a pool by his future son-in-law or training for another uh, thing in the ring or the in- fucking infomercial in uh, Gum Branch, Georgia, I'm like, you're ruining everything that has put you on such a high level of esteem. I, I don't too much. It's too much. Less is more. Go the fuck away. Enjoy your money. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't want to see these guys anymore. I'm sick of this shit, but they get paid. Therefore they do it. Anyway, <clears throat> let's try to talk about something a little more positive. Fuck. You did. You get me pissed off. <laughs> Congratulations. New Japan Pro Wrestling was literally an hour away from us last night. <laughs> Neither we one of be us bothered. Went. Yeah, we, we did not go, uh, unfortunately. Thanks Capital to Collision. For the tickets, though. Yes, yes. Um, we, we had stuff come up, and I'll be honest, I, I was personally waiting to see if I got COVID at the AEW show. <laughs> <laughs> you good? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm, solid. I'm, I'm all good. But I was definitely like, you know, if I the minute I buy tickets, I'm gonna find out right. <laughs> that I yeah, popped yeah, yeah. for COVID. Uh, but the, the card did get switched around because of COVID, uh-huh. as uh, Trent Beretta had to be removed from the semi-main. Um, it was going to be him and Okada against Jay White and Hikaleo. Hikaleo. Thank you. Hikaleo. They put Trent Beretta. I call him Hikaleo. His spot was. Replaced by Rocky Romero. So they just swapped out one member of RPG Vice for another. Yeah, um, yeah, keep it a chaos, baby. Said to be a very good show. I'm just going to run through the results real quick. Uh, uh-huh. we'll, we'll talk about the, the big matches once we got, get there. Because there was very clearly an undercard and an uppercard here. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, they didn't show, even promote the undercard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> show kicked off with Carl Fredericks defeating Ren Narita in a match that I heard oh. was very good. Okay. Um, after the match, QT Marshall and the Factory ambushed mm. Carl Fredericks. Um, are they regularly on strong? They are. Um, okay. And they're going to be part of the tapings today in Philadelphia. Okay. Nice. Uh, team Filthy of Tom Lawler, J.R. Kratos, the rest, the West Coast Wrecking Crew, and Danny Lim- Limelight defeated Fred Rosser, DKC, David Finley, Yuya Yamura, and Tangaloa. Tangaloa okay. was a last-minute replacement for Rocky Romero. Um, gotcha. The card switch. Uh Chase Owens defeated the great Ocon, which wow, fucking weird. Okay. Um, TMDK of Jonah, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, and Bad Dude Tito <laughs> defeated the United Empire team of Bad Jeff Dude Tito. Bad Dude Tito. Um, wow. They defeated the United Empire team of Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hanare, and Aussie Open. Mm, okay, interesting. Uh, Not a good night for the United Empire. No. Brody King defeated Minoru Suzuki. I saw the finish. It's killer. Yeah. Uh, Tamahiro Ishii defeated Eddie Kingston. Uh, I think there's more really? okay. to that there uh, because uh, uh, there was uh, some words between the two of them post-match. So okay. maybe we'll see more of that at the uh, uh, Forbidden Door show coming up. Leo Rush made a surprise appearance. You don't say. Yeah. Uh, he took time away from his retirement to let us know that he would be challenging the junior heavyweight <laughs> division. Uh, While the best of the super juniors is happening currently at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
called out specifically Robbie Eagles, Taji Ishimori, and Hiromu Takahashi. I mean, I'd love to see all those matches. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I'm, I'm glad he can make time in his retirement for this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the A sabbatical Bullet, from his retirement. The Bullet Club team of Jay White and Hukaleo defeated Okada and Romero. Um, Fall Guy Rocky. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, Okada would look to be having the time of his life as this was the second time in the past two years that he actually got to wrestle in front of a crowd. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. Because I guess the Chicago show was the first one? Uh, no, uh, it was the there was a random L.A. show. Oh, that they did. wow. It wasn't part of the Chicago God. World. That's yep. still so crazy to me. And then they had uh, in the main event. Uh, it, it was said to be a very good tag match, by the way. It was it was definitely like you know uh, AEW party match, basically. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and then the main event also said to be very very good. Uh, Four way for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship: Will Ospreay, Hiroshi Tanahashi, John Moxley, and shock of shocks, the man who you would think would be the one to take the fall, Juice Robinson, won it, becoming the new US champion. Yeah, he uh, wow. Pinned Osprey as they continued the whole issues with uh, uh, with uh, refereeing Empire. because oh, okay. Osprey apparently had his foot on the ropes, but the ref didn't see it. Damn it, Red Shoes! Uh, yep, probably wasn't Red Shoes. He was probably doing best of Super Juniors. Yeah, it was uh, Jeremy Marcus is the okay. referee that was on it, but right. uh, one of the strong refs. Yes. Um, Dang. Yeah. All so, right. Uh, <laughs> rock hard. Juice Robinson is what they're uh, calling him. Uh huh. Did Rock Tony Hunter. Storm come up with that nickname? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I do know he has a, a Bullet Club style shirt that says Rock Hard Club. Which okay. Who boy? Yeah. Wow. Good luck uh, wearing that in public. But uh, they, uh, well, just a real quick sidetrack, just because yeah. I just brought her up. Um, the uh, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hader match on this past week's Dynamite. Oh, oh I was going to get into Dynamite. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah, sure if we yeah. were going to. Uh, yeah, but, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get My there. God. In almighty. fact, you know what? Let's hit that button now. My God. It was a very good week of AEW action. The show was coming at us live from Long Island, New York, uh, and had a whole bunch of the quarterfinals in the Owen Hart Cup. Kicked off with Adam Cole and Dax Harwood. You and I were texting about this match after you got a chance to catch up on it. Yeah. You said Dax Harwood might be quietly wrestler of the year. I mean, he's definitely in the running at this point. I mean, I think it's fair to call him. Roughhouse Podcast Wrestler of the Week. I mean, the guy has put on just fantastic uh, tag team matches as FTR, but the singles matches that he's had, I mean, uh, he had the match with Punk, the match with uh, with Cash, this match with Cole, and I think he's had one or two others that have just been uh, just just really, really fucking good. Not to mention, you know, uh, the tag match with the Briscoes at uh, at um, the Best in the World or whatever show it was. Supercard. Uh, Supercard. Supercard. Yeah, that's it. Uh, A couple months last month. So, yeah, uh, Dak certainly in the running for worker of the year at this point I, you know I'm, I'm i'm hard pressed to find anybody not named shingo takagi that i'll put ahead of him just by you know default i'm going to give dax a a very high level of praise with this term i'm going to give to him and maybe you will find it controversial but i'll explain why hot take marty coming in dax harwood is becoming american ishii uh okay. not the flashiest guy in the world but dependable as fuck. Dependable, hard hitting, 
can take the abuse, can dish it out. He has a little more of a neck, I think. Yeah, he, uh, so he, he has, does, he has, he does have a that. visible neck. He does um, have a visible neck. He, he does not walk as if every movement of his body equals pain. So yes. he's got that going for him as well. Yeah. You know, a couple more brain busters. We'll see you know what? what maybe Ishii like Dax is a big red wine guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a uh, tequila guy from what I can uh, have this, uh, you know, discern from his tweets. Um, I, although he kind of seems like a PBR guy, if yeah, I'm, fair, you know, uh, just judging on looks alone. It's the mustache, you know. It's <laughs> but, you know, that's 70s porn stash. Oh, yeah. I think it's, he pulls it off. Strong. He pulls it off. Absolutely. But, yeah, that that that's that's the way I, I'm I'm feeling about him lately, that he's got okay. that, you know. It, no matter where you put him, he's going to fucking deliver. And, yeah. And that's that's where he's at right now. Um, we had a little bit of uh, ongoing Long Island continuity. Right. As CM Punk came out to face Long Island's own John Silver. And Punk was not only rocking a New York Islanders jersey, but more specifically, the jersey of former Islanders captain John Tavares, who left the Islanders in one of the most heated moments in New York Islanders history a few years ago. Uh, so Punk continues to antagonize the Long Island crowd. Yeah, which Excalibur did not pick up on. No. no. Which was... I, feel which like I needed Twitter to call out to me. And yeah, well, look, yeah. I don't fucking care shit about hockey. But, yeah. um, you know, I figured there had to be some more... He wouldn't come out, you know, with somebody that they, that they like. Uh, so, yeah, you know... Fine. Yeah. Uh, and the two had a really fun, really good match. Punk worked heel for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, down to once he won the match, he screamed at the crowd, and I quote, what's my fucking name? <laughs> <laughs> a little fired up, that guy. Yes. Uh, but, man, they got to do so much more John Silver than they do. He's so good. Yeah, man. His, like... Uh, rapid fire offense yeah. and his combos like even when Reynolds isn't there uh, you know it's still really really fun to see I you know he may be you know a really tiny guy yeah. but he's got charisma and a unique look to yes. at least set himself apart and the athleticism the strength is there I think he did like one or two crazy deadlift moves mm-hmm. just uh, just just showing off the uh, the guns yeah, I mean, not I know the, they're about the, to not have the ass boys. His actual muscles. Yes. I know they're about to have normal size Cesaro, uh, or at least likely to have normal size Cesaro in their company. But right. Danny Cesaro is still worth doing something with. Yes. Uh, also, Punk, don't do the buckshot lariat ever again. Thanks. No, no. I mean, or you know, at least practice Got concrete it. in your ass, bud. Just, just don't practice do it. it so you don't fucking hesitate before before hitting it. But uh, I, 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 as much as I've loved Paige recently, he didn't really bring a lot to commentary. No, uh, no, he's not very good in the commentary spot. No, no, I, like I feel like he should stick to promos. I know he had to be out there for the confrontation, yeah. with Punk, you know, and the confrontation with Punk was very good. It was, but he could have just stormed out of the back instead of being at the yeah. announce table when that happened. Um, they could have showed him watching a monitor normally, like a normal human being in the back, yeah. and then storming out once Punk attempted the buckshot. Agreed. But, you know, that's a, a small quibble. I'm still 100% on the page train and think he should retain at double or nothing. Yeah, uh, I, I would absolutely love that as well. Uh, we had Dan Housen's debut in uh, AEW. Okay. Um, to, uh, to which I just need to play his theme because. Please, really thank good. you. I was hoping you had it. Bop. 
it, it's a great little theme. Uh, the match, however, was not very good uh, <laughs> as it went I, about I would 20 hardly seconds. Call it a match. Yes. Uh, Dan Housen tries to go for the curse. Mark Sterling go, does a distraction. Nice attacks, hits the running corner knee, and gets the clean win. Yeah. Then Sterling. I mean, look, I didn't expect Dan Housen to show out, uh, show up at this first match and start a no. you know ridiculous win streak. Right. But uh, I mean, and maybe this is a way to protect him because he's not a hundred percent ready to go for totally. a match. But he's having a match at fucking double or nothing, so hopefully he's uh, yeah. he's ready to go soon, as you'll explain. Yeah, because uh, Nice after the match grabbed the mic, talked about the jobber entrance that Nice got, so yeah. Nice was going to uh, beat up Dan Housen some more, and then Hook's music hits, much and, to the delight of the Long Island crowd, and out comes Hook, sends uh, Nice and Sterling packing. Dan Housen sticks his hand out, and as if. Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage were shaking hands in ring back in the mid 80s. The crowd lost their fucking mind as Hookhausen became official. Yeah. And uh, we will see the Hookhausen team at the buy in for Double or Nothing take on Mark Sterling and Tony Nice. I that hope is... Mark Sterling's wearing his uh, ridiculous Andy Kaufman esque outfit again. That would be great. I mean, this is my mega powers. So, yes. you know, yes. I, I am I am 100% all in. Uh, no pun intended on this uh, this tag team. Uh, I hope they have a, a fantastic rock and sock esque uh, run together. Agreed. Then we had the contract signing for MGF versus Wardlow at Double or Nothing. This was a lot. <laughs> I yeah. think it all worked, but it was a lot. Well, as, as we've said multiple times about MJF talking segments, it went on a, a, a wee bit too long. Yes. Uh, and I get, you know, MJF, this is the one place in the world where he's going to be over as, you know, uh, as, as a fan favorite baby face. Yes. Um, so I, I get that you want to take advantage of that, but it just, it was, it was, it was a bit much. We had a dark side of the ring parody video. I did. I which did was appreciate the Jericho, amazing. uh, voiceover saying, what? Fuck this guy. I'm not doing Oh, how much money is it? Okay. Yeah, I yeah. got it. <laughs> <laughs> the check cleared. Cool. Yeah, I'll, they had I'll Taz, Jake Roberts, and Barry Horowitz. Pop for Barry Horowitz, man. Yeah, a Jewish wrestling legend. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely loved it. I mean, it was it was perfect talking about the whole MJF Punk match, how Wardlow interfered, all that. Yeah, MJF comes out also wearing an Islanders jersey, right? Uh, but to a massive babyface reaction, uh, they played this perfectly right. Uh, to the point that uh, when Wardlow was speaking, Wardlow got all the boos and everything. Yeah. MJF laid out the conditions, completely admitting that he's running back what he did with Cody in 2019. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We, with a subtle dig at Cody. Yes. Uh, we're getting Not uh, subtle at all. The, the 10 lashes mm -hmm. from the belt on Wardlow, and then he has to wrestle Sean Spears in a cage match. MJF will be the special guest referee. And also, if Wardlow loses a double or nothing, he will never be allowed to sign a contract with AEW. Uh, yeah, uh, I have a hope. Uh, the hope is that after hitting a powerbomb symphony on Sean Spears in the cage, yeah. he brings back the F10 and just twirls him uh, into the cage. You mean the um, F10? Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, very much so. For the audio uh, listeners, I did yeah. the old Sean Spears hand Yeah. Pressure. What was his name in... Uh, I don't know. Taylor Brightman. The, 
The Perfect Ten. I, I I legitimately cannot remember his name in NXT. I can't remember either. I, I, I you know what? Hang on. Uh, I'll, I'll, no, 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 no. Get well, I, I'm looking it up to <laughs> tell you if you're right. Uh, I know I'm not going to get there. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, that is that is a very WWE name. Uh, uh, what is it? Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger. That's it. Wow. Yeah, my my made up name was actually not far off. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wardlow goes to sign. He can't sign well because he has handcuffs on. MJF has them uncuff Wardlow, which Obviously, of course meant Wardlow be. then got to murder all the security people and. Uh, uh, he powerbombed Mark Sterling through a table, which means Mark Sterling will probably have a gigantic oversized neck brace. Next he week. fucking better. Um, I feel like MJF next week should, uh, you know, scold the security guards by uh, by mentioning don't attack him one at a time. Yeah. Swarm him. Yes. I feel like that's the next logical progression of uh, of this here, because as much as I enjoy seeing uh, Wardlow, you know, punch out a dozen security guards. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to suspend a fair amount of disbelief uh, to to enjoy that. We had the FTW title match. Ricky Starks defending and retaining against Jungle Boy. Uh, Very good match. Uh, But this was more to build to an angle at the end of the match. What happened was uh, what happened. uh, Starks grabbed the FTW title. Was going to hit Jungle Boy with it. Swerve comes down to stop. Uh, Starks from using the belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the official uh, gets in the face of uh, Swerve. Swerve. While that happens, Jungle Boy rolls up. Starks get a visible five count. Mm-hmm. Um, then the official goes back to the ring. Uh, and then the whole uh, back and forth of that allowed Starks to hit the Rochambeau for the finish. Gets the pin there. After the match, out comes Christian and Luchasaurus. They're talking things out with Jungle Boy. Swerve gets in the face of Starks and Hobbs, which means Keith Lee comes out. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're teasing a triple threat for the tag belts, which I'm all for. Let's go, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the most obvious checkoff's gun in the world once again gets set up as <laughs> Christian lingers a little too long with Jungle yeah. Boy in the ring. So yep. that is coming real soon. Yeah. I feel like uh, for being the son of an actor, uh, Jungle Boy... Not, Not great at the great at acting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, should, uh, you know, have some classes on that. The Jericho Appreciation Society had their victory speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angelo Parker welcomed everybody. Matt Menard said he was jacked to the tits about being <laughs> part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Guy's a fucking cartoon. He's amazing. I love him. <laughs> uh, more and more often I ask people if What's they want to taste it. <laughs> uh jericho uh mentioned he's technically from long island but he moved very quickly because this place is a dump yep. and he threatened to throw a fireball in a fan's face because he's a wizard which is the why wizard, he's now being called the wizard yeah the grand wizard um, of the kkk uh daniel garcia took a moment to say that sports entertainer sports entertainers beat wrestlers every time which means john moxley's music hits he comes mm-hmm. out from the crowd People lose their mind. Jericho tells him, hey, look, there's only one of you and there's five of us. We have the numbers advantage. Well, then hits uh, Brian Danielson's music. He comes out with Wheeler and William Regal. Mm -hmm. He says, well, now there's four of you, but there's five of us. And then Kingston, Santana and Ortiz pop up on the ring apron, which means they are officially up six or 
seven at that point to five. Yeah. Uh, and in probably one of the best moments of crowd interaction I've ever seen, the moment they popped up on the apron, the crowd starts chanting, you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yep. well done, Long Island. Yeah. You're a shit heap and your front row is filled with people who for some reason love Bully Ray. Uh, but beyond that, well done in this instance. And yeah. uh, it looks like we're going to get uh, Kingston santana ortiz and the blackpool combat club against the jericho appreciation society at double or nothing which again fuck yeah especially if they want to do blood and guts with that lineup yeah no that would be uh that that would be oh yeah that would be great i mean you can't really do a stadium stampede uh and i don't think it would work yeah yeah with I think that, stadium that stampede amount of crew is, is gonna be on mothballs until you know another pandemic yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm 100% here for that match, and I'm 100% here for William Regal fucking socking Chris Jericho uh, outside of the ring. I kind of was expecting the power of the punch to be in play once again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's a couple weeks There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, you want to talk about it? This match fucking ruled. I mean, the obvious, uh, you know, uh, pog uh, element aside, yes. the, ac- the action... Uh, you know, was really fucking good. This, this is what the this is the strength of the AEW women's division. And you know, Hater has low key become maybe the best female worker in the company over the past month or two. Uh, I'd be hard pressed uh, to find somebody who's had a better string of matches. At least the best non Japanese female worker on the roster, because I, I would argue Riho might be right there. Yeah, but she's only had a couple matches. Fair, fair. Recently, but I, I, and I'm just saying if I if I if yeah. I think about it, but yeah, Hater is fucking workhorse for that division right now. It. She's crushing it. Tony and, Storm looked really good. The finish yeah. was a little lackluster. It didn't really didn't really hit. But outside of that, I, I have zero notes. I'm, I was 100 percent in, you know, uh, my pants during that match. <laughs> Great match, awesome action, uh, and very athletic. Uh, Tony Storm continues on <laughs> going to be facing the winner of Britt Baker and the Joker, who presumably will be Jared Leto. Uh, <laughs> Man, I would love to see Britt Baker just, you know, Merc Jared Leto. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be that'd be how can we make that happen? Frankie Kazarian was cutting a promo about the TNT title match he's going to have on Rampage and Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti interrupt him. And Sammy's just going full scumbag heel. And I'm here for it. I actually like it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, that's it's that's, that's fine. And then your main event. I just well, before oh, we ahead. move on from that, and I know I, and I haven't watched Rampage and I know we'll get to that. Yes. I kind of need Sammy to go away from the TNT title spot. Yeah, for a bit. that'd be that'd be nice. Yeah, it's, it's not maybe, happening, but maybe freshen that up a little bit. Then your main event was Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. It was made no DQ mm-hmm. uh, and and no fucks given yeah, to the, no, their own no self, uh, fucks given. self-preservation of their the, bodies. This was not a match. This was two guys just going, you know what? I'm going to do the dumbest shit possible and you're coming with me. This was the universal stunt spectacular yeah. in pro wrestling ring. <laughs> this is what that was. Uh, you had, uh, God, uh, you you had Jeff, uh, sending Darby into the steps. You had Darby throwing Jeff in the ring post. Well, yeah, we started with Darby's low, uh, missile, low pay. uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. As well, which always looks great. Uh, you had a 16 foot ladder come Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you had, 
uh, throwback to 2003 CZW as they made a gigantic chair structure for no reason, which mm-hmm. led to Darby doing a dive off of the gigantic ladder, which was inside the ring, mm-hmm. diving onto Jeff, who was on the chair structure in the ramp. Yep. Easily 16 to 20 feet. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. Uh, just doing this insane dive onto Jeff, onto the chairs. Darby goes for the coffin drop. Jeff moves toward the apron, so Darby hits it on the apron yep. while, while Jeff moves. Mm-hmm. So Darby fucking coffin drops the apron. Jeff goes for a swanton bomb onto the steel steps on the outside. Darby avoids that, so yep. Jeff swantons the stairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Darby hits a coffin drop in the ring, but Jeff pulls it into a cradle for the win. And let's be honest, if Adam Cole doesn't just kick Jeff in the back once <laughs> and immediately wins by submission, wrestling is fake. Well, you don't you don't say uh, I, I was curious about the booking or the of the finish here. Um, I guess maybe they want to save Cole and Darby for another time is That's really the guess. only reason uh, reasoning I can come up with Jeff Hardy winning this. That that is completely my guess. OK, um, uh, same page. I wasn't. I'm not into Jeff winning, uh, right? Yeah, I, I, me either. Th- this match, though, is one of those handful of matches. Like I said last week, and like I've said since the Hardys have been in, they should be used for dream matches. Right. This is one of them. Right, but they also should be putting over the new talent. But exactly. <laughs> and it feels like we are still on the train to Hardys versus Bucks, which maybe will be a double or nothing. I don't know. Yeah, they could get that there in time. But uh, I mean, really, that match sells itself. You don't really need it. Oh, yeah. You don't need anything else. You could announce that the Wednesday before and you'll be right. set. Uh, but uh, taped right after, but aired on Friday at 530 in the afternoon, which meant yeah. I watched it on DVR. <laughs> AEW Rampage kicked off with the death triangle of Phoenix, Pac and Penta against the Butcher Blade and Mark Quinn. <laughs> just last week, I was talking about how great and Halako is with yeah. Butcher and the Blade, and I mean Quen's good and all, but mm, didn't didn't really feel it as much. I mean Quen was good in this match. This match was a lot of fun, uh, but uh, I, I definitely, um, I definitely would have had if, if I were booking it, I would have had an Halako in that thir- that third maybe, spot. Maybe an Halako is too big for too tall and lanky to get up for the uh, the the Lucha Bros finish, which I forget the name of. Oh yeah yeah yeah, that, that's really the only thing I can think. Well, of. the finish it's, they ended up doing was uh, pocketing the uh, Black Arrow on Mark Quinn. Well, yeah, but first they did the. They oh did, yeah, they did the. the Fear they did Factor their thing first. to set up that's the right. Fear Factor thing to set up the uh, yeah. the, the Black Arrow. That's fair. That's fair. So the uh, triple combo finisher on Fall Guy Mark Quinn. Post match lights go out, and I'm going. Wait a minute! If Sabu was on this show, I would have heard about that. <laughs> uh, lights come back on. It's a House of Black. They're surrounding Death Triangle in the ring. House of Black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that that's literally every every segment for the Judgment Day in, <laughs> in WWE. And now it's House, House of Black. Black. <laughs> I just broke Marty. <laughs> uh, lights go back out again, and then the House of Black are gone. So I House guess we're getting Black. a six man at the at the paper. Let's fucking go. Give me that. Give them twenty minutes to murder each other. Exactly. Um, Sean Spears defeated Bear Boulder in two minutes. It was whatever. It was just surprised they didn't go ten. Ten. 
<laughs> Lexi Nair uh, was interviewing Mark Sterling backstage. He was with a crutch and a neck brace. Okay. Phew. Um, but saying that, uh, you know, he's just a manager. Why should they have a match? But uh, nurse, uh, nurse, niece said that. Uh, Hello, niece. <laughs> niece said, you know, we're, we're going to win. In fact, he said, put $10,000 on us. Okay. Was uh was um uh lawyer guy. Uh Sterling. Was he yes. still wearing his uh uh Islanders color suit? Uh yes. Or had he changed? Yes. Okay. I, I think change. if I remember right, he was wearing the same color. Okay. So. All right. Uh Ruby Soho defeated Riho in an uh Owen Hart uh quarterfinal match. Okay. This was really good. Um although it started with a little bit of comedy as uh, Riho put her fingers in her ears while Ruby Soho was playing. but this is probably the best match that ruby soho has had in ages okay all right yeah well we haven't really seen her too too much so you know um but she kind of got lost in women's division purgatory for a second there but uh you know so that'll put her up against the who who uh, i think she goes sheeta the winner of oh it's not Sheeta injured. Yeah, Sheeta is taken out. Uh, she will go against the winner of Red Velvet and Chris Statlander. Okay. Oh, gee, I wonder who that's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else happened. Billy Gunn was backstage with the acclaimed and the Gun Club. Okay. Billy Gunn's very excited for them to form a faction, and he said they need two things: hand gestures and a catchphrase. <laughs> I mean, if there's a guy who knows. Colton suggested a crotch shop and to say suck it, but Billy said, I don't think that's going to get over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, Max Caster suggested scissoring uh-huh. and yo, listen, as their catchphrase. Okay. Which all Billy right. Gunn's all about. And, sure, uh, of course. It he was, and you're going to love this. They're putting over that they are having their first match as a faction Monday night on Dark Elevation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I mean,. Billy Gunn has a strong uh, six track record of teaming up with somebody who uh, sings or raps into a microphone. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we'll, we'll let this play All, out. Always if, goes well. If Billy Gunn deserts his children to <laughs> to like manage and be the third for the acclaimed, I will I, I will forever extol the virtues of William Gunn. Yeah, I, I think Mr. Ass. That reminds me uh, new. Hey, EW is up uh, with Arn Anderson. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that. It, it's very good. Okay. Um, I should have watched in the hour it took for my fucking laptop. To <laughs> this morning. Fucking Christ. The baddies came out to the ring with Mark Sterling, who was still all injured. Uh, sure. Tony Schiavone announced, as we just were talking about, Sheeta is injured from the street fight with Serena Deeb. Can't face Red Velvet. So Sterling said that this should mean that Red Velvet advances. But instead, Velvet will face her longtime friend, now foe, Chris Statlander. Okay. So Let this be a lesson to you. Uh, pocket sand really does work. <laughs> and then uh, the main event was Scorpio Sky against Frankie Kazarian. Tay uh-huh. Conti and Sammy Guevara were shown watching the match in the crowd with their AAA mixed tag team titles. Okay. Uh, right. this was and nothing a very, else on? <laughs> this was a very, very good match. Uh, Sky hits uh, TKO uh, after uh, Ethan Page hits Kazarian with the TNT title. Mm. Um Sky uh, tries to get the fans to applaud Kazarian post-match. Kazarian tells Sky about Paige's interference. Sky got all pissed off, asking, 
you know, whose team are you on? But then Sky levels Kazarian with the TNT title. Uh, okay. All right. So he's, he's a heel after all. Yeah, he's a heel after all. Uh, a post-match promo that was uploaded onto Twitter and YouTube. Kazarian has challenged Sky for a rematch at their big sold-out uh, show at the Forum in Los Angeles on June 1st. So Okay. So All right. uh, we'll see how that plays out. Coming up next week on AEW, Wednesday night is the Chris Jericho, William Regal face-to-face confrontation. Because <laughs> every segment involving Chris Jericho talking has to have a name. Yes. Joey Samoa will face... A Joker in the Owen Hart quarterfinal. Kyle O'Reilly okay. will face Ray Phoenix in an Owen Hart tournament final, which should be okay. fucking amazing. Uh, Britt Baker will face another Joker uh, in Owen Hart tournament quarterfinal. Wardlow okay. will take his 10 lashes. Jeff Hardy will face Adam Cole in the first semifinal for the oh. Owen Hart tournament. And in a match that is one of the most surreal graphics I've ever seen in my entire life, Hangman Page will face Kanosuke T- Takeshita. In a match that will have CM Punk on commentary. All right, let's go. Yeah, so uh, it should still, be. I still feel like we got the short end of the stick on uh, our Dynamite live in Baltimore. Yeah, our, our Dynamite these... was definitely the worst Man. Dynamite of the past few weeks. Yeah, like a m- couple months. I mean, you know? we got to see Dante Martin and Ray Phoenix live, which, which fucking rules. It did, it did. But, but Dynamite, yeah, that was really the 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 best match from the Dynamite show. Rampage was very good, though. Rampage so, was really so we good. We had that going for us only thing announced so far for rampage next week is red velvet chris statlander i'm sure we will get more as we are on the road to double or nothing chris hell yeah brother um i guess that's it yeah i got it The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough House, Rough Pod. House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. This is WWE Chairman Vince McMahon. Well, the whole be a star thing didn't pan out, so be a dick. Bounce that little shit's head off a locker. How about a swirly, you little four-eyed bitch? Oh, is that your asthma inhaler? It's mine now! Oh, looks you got a big tray full of food. It's up in the air! Be a dick! Oh, that kid can't afford the same type of clothing that you have? The high-end, fashionable stuff all the popular kids are wearing? Yank his headgear out! Be a dick! You don't play sports? What a little bitch! Smack him in the ass and pull his underwear over his head! Be a dick! Oh, look at the little math genius, the math lead, trying to take a wee-wee number one with your little candy corn dick. Time for a swirly! Drinking your own little peanut dick juices, dork! Be a dick!